This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 28, take one. Hello and welcome to the 28th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have The Checkup with Dr. O, breaking down the latest news in the movie industry. We discuss Oscar nominations and we give our predictions. And we have our top billing of English movie stuff. So use the restrooms now, grab your popcorn, and get ready for the 28th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Hello, gentlemen. I hope we all had an excellent weekend. Uh, I got to start the podcast off with a hot topic of debate. We got a big, big time debate that I need to settle right now. All right. Each person will have approximately one minute to make their case. Okay. And the topic is I was with Ricky Flicks this weekend and Ricky Flicks made a bold claim. One that Dr. O will not be very happy with. And that is that Ricky Flicks claims to have better throwback music to put on than Dr. O. Oh, my God. He's bringing this Ricky up. Ricky Flicks I knew Dr. O would take offense to this. That he has better throwback jams than Dr. O, a better catalog. So I'm going to start with Dr. O here. You have one minute to make your opening argument um, he's on taking, why he's exaggerating this so much I on can't why even it. on why you have better throwback jams than that than i will Ricky put Flicks. it into perspective this afterwards. is an easy argument this is so easy i know what dr the diversity say. of my catalog is unmatched your diversity if you give a throwback it's 50 50 chance ricky flicks is putting on a nickelback song therefore no i problem. win this argument yes it is because if you play how you remind <laughs> me throwback. yes anything else <laughs> <laughs> right Nez knows my music catalog. He has been – me and him kind of go back and forth with like DJing when we're around our friends. Ricky mm-hmm. Flicks DJs his friends. I would say Ricky Flicks is more of like a pop catalog, I would say. Yes. Throwback Agreed. jams in terms of that. I think my variety is more in-depth, and I can throw out like a, uh, a lesser-known song, and then I can throw out a classic rock song. I just have, mm-hmm. I just have it all, and I think I don't lean on Nickelback, therefore. Okay, so – I do not lean on Nickelback. I am just a high proponent of Nickelback, including on Twitter. Chad Kroger You're is not, You're not helping yourself at all. Right but now. I will say, I focus more on the early 2000s and like the- It's a mistake. Uh, no, because that's what we more are more known to. I think you're better at pre-2000 and I am better at 2000, 2010. And that's what I focus on because that's like throwbacks for us, people that are in their 20s. So like throwbacks to the 80s and 70s, I'm going to give it to you in 60s and beyond. And eh, 50s, I'll give it to me. But who cares about the 50s, right? But well, I was thinking I will go back to you. I would say you're better 60s through 90s. You would be better. But if you're going 2000s, I would give it to me myself. Like I, will, I just would. I think I had better 2000s. Well, I mean, I mean, you could take that. I just don't think that's a great time in music. But like, that's when I, we were I, I alive. You know what I mean? Like that's when we actually knew music. That's why like, I that, made that that's argument. That's where I'm playing like Blink. It's a hot take. I know. But I'm playing like, that, and I think that rules over like I don't know right. Britney Spears from 2002. 
flexes well, I'm not minutes up. In 2002, to be honest, but. I appreciate you guys making your statements. I would say that I would rely on Dr. O for pre-2000s jams. Uh, I would rely on uh, Ricky Flicks for the early 2000s jams. Uh, and, and when it comes to me, the only thing I have to say is that nobody has the disco catalog that I have. I agree <laughs> with that. I agree Ricky with that. Flicks you'll, got to hear that one firsthand. Oh, yeah. Like Donna Summer and like all these other like, oh, wait, oh wow, yeah. I heard that since like. Come on, oh, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> We got some good. I got some good disco jams. We got to we got to tweet out that video of you doing the, the behind the leg clap and saying, "Come on, Caleb!" <laughs> oh yeah, that out. for sure. We got to get that one out. I want to learn the whole ex machina dance. <laughs> and then Ricky Flicks dancing with a broken back. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> yeah, a, it was I, a I was sight stiff. to behold. I was so stiff, I couldn't move. <laughs> he was feeling Amazing. it. He was still trying. It was, it was great. <laughs> I was trying to do, do the best of my ability. It was. It was it was poetry in motion. But all right, guys. Wait, wait, wait. I want to just say oh, one more statement. Okay. I was I wasn't there, obviously. I had like the two out of the three driving power hanging out together. And I sent a meme. I think it perfectly described how I was feeling. It was Squidward looking out of his house with the shade, looking at the fun that uh, SpongeBob and Patrick are having. That was me getting nonstop Snapchats on a Sunday morning of them dancing and uh choreographing the ex machina uh dancing. <laughs> so I was jealous AF. Yeah, no, it was a great time. Always good to see Ricky Flicks in the flesh. Oh, yeah. We love it. All right, boys, we got a big, big episode today. We got some Oscar nom uh, nominees to talk about. We got to have some predictions. We have a huge top billing of English movie stuff. However, <laughs> we cannot begin the episode without getting our update of the latest news in the movie industry. So with that, I say I throw it over to Dr. O for the checkup. Dr. O, check us up. <laughs> Let's check the audiences up. I wasn't going to do the English accent. I'm going to save it. You for thought later. about it, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I went <laughs> too long for a second. It was like a little mix, mix there. Yeah. <laughs> I just <laughs> I, I screamed at the mic. But uh, here's the deal, boys. We've got a big week in the entertainment industry. we got two major uh, superhero projects on the way. we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier debuting a trailer earlier today. It's coming out Friday. And then we also have the much-anticipated Snyder Cut coming. Snyder we had the cut. final Snyder Cut trailer drop, and the first reviews have surfaced on the internet. After 101 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, it currently has a 75% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Shout, out, shout out Nez for his Thermometer Predictor score, if we all can oh, recall. Yeah. Uh, the trailer features, it was absolutely incredible. It has, I, it, my mind is still like, going off the walls from seeing it we chills green, goosebumps we green lanterns we had dark side martian manhunter and more right the movie accidentally actually leaked for a brief period of time under the tom and jerry label on hbo max for a couple hours it was about a week what? ago oh mm-hmm. as you didn't hear about this oh we're gonna not. talk about it what? no i've been in vermont i've been disconnected from society for like two weeks so <laughs> right well yeah, we live why, in a society it's why, it's, it's why you were on the pod last week <laughs> exactly and then uh, director Zack Snyder's going to host an online watch party for the Snyder Cut. Uh, it's going to be available for all HBO Max subscribers. Early reviews are calling it much improved from the theatrical version that is, is sure to delight DC fans. Flex, will you be watching this Thursday? Yes, I will be if I'm able to watch it. The Bill, Tom, and Jerry leak scare it has me scared, to be honest. And also... Will HBO Max be able to control on their server all the millions of subscribers and new subscribers that will be subscribing on Thursday night or Wednesday night for this occasion? I don't know if they'll be able to, but I hope so. And if not, I'll watch it Thursday night or Friday morning because I am, after this trailer, wow. Like you said, Dr. O, just 
unbelievable trailer. You got the dark side uh, laser beams, uh, and they're like zigzag laser beams, unlike Superman's. That was cool. Unbelievable. I was a little nervous they weren't going to include that because of CGI effects, but it looks good. Dark side, unbelievable voice. After the first leak, uh, like Dark side and Steppenwolf uh, trailer, like that one minute snippet focused on them. I couldn't really understand them after that one. And I was a little nervous, but this one was pure. You can understand them, and he was just terrifying. Loved mm-hmm. it. And I also want to say about the trailer is that it's better than I I actually expected because if you remember DC Fandom episode, I think it was our third ever or fourth ever episode. They used the Hallelujah uh, trip. That was the Hallelujah trailer for Zack Snyder. And we were talking about it on DC Fandom, and we weren't exactly in love with it. We were so hyped about we were just We were just happy to have a Snyder Cut trailer, but we weren't exactly in love with it. This one, I could probably say, like, I'm in love with this trailer. This trailer is just so awesome. The CGI looks better than I, than I think in previous snippets, those mini trailers. I'm so excited for this movie. I think I'll be able to watch it on the day of. If not, then it's going to be the day after. But I think I'm just exaggerating that. Nez, what do you think? Uh, I think you hit it right on the head there when you said CGI. Uh, The CGI in this trailer looks incredible. Um, I think I think it's it looks very beautifully done. But you know that's Zack Snyder's strong suit right there is is making a visually pleasing movie right so uh as for the real issue with the movie it is you know the story itself i don't know how that's going to play out seems like there's a lot that they have to cover however it's a whole four hours right so Mm -hmm. um so i mean i'm hoping they can take care of it they can they can let it unfold in a way that it feels natural and not forced or rushed um but you know i have to say i have to give credit where credit is due it does look high quality now a lot of these DCEU movies have looked high quality and have turned out to be uh, absolute crap. So I'm tempering my expectations. But I will say I will be watching this Thursday when it releases, and I will be very judgmental the entire time. <laughs> I, I, I think the big criticism here, I was reading a couple of the reviews, is obviously the four-hour length. But personally, I've talked about it before on this podcast. If a superhero movie is four hours long, I'm usually excited for it. Uh, Wonder Woman is like kind of an exception just because I'm not in love with that character in general. And that movie was really crap. I'm talking about 1984. Um, But when you have the likes of Superman, Batman, Darkseid, Flash, like all these characters, and you're going to get back backstories on all of them. I'm looking forward to it. And it's like, and I, it's, got the r rating for that kind of appeal like it's not like mm-hmm. your average team uh, superhero team up movie as uh, the joker you, you have the joker you have alex luther is going to make an appearance deathstroke dark side like at this point, it, it's insane and like it it earns its four hours like even like before you see it just because of like what you're going to see like in terms of like characters and like what you've always wanted to see and what you were expecting from the snyderverse that was discontinued but i'm almost convinced just from these trailers and just from this reaction, I, I'm almost certain that HBO Max will crash on Thursday. Uh, okay, I'm not people. alone here. No, uh, yeah, I mean it, it's going to be a it's a, it's going to be an absolute phenomenon on the uh, t- on Twitter. It's going to mm-hmm. be everywhere, especially because it was a it was, a, it, was a, it was an operation that started on Twitter, like with uh, uh with the Snyder cut. So I it's I 100 expect that. Um, I had another idea that's skipping my mind right now. I think I Wait. also 
What? It's not going to crash. HBO Max is not going to crash. Yeah. HBO used to host Game of Thrones on on HBO Go and people would stream it. No, but that was an hour after the premiere. So like HBO Go would always be an hour after a live. It would never be live streamed. No, you could watch it. No, this, you could the, watch Snyder, the Snyder Cut trailer, the new, the new. I used not, to watch it like that. The Snyder Cut trailer, um, the one previous to this final one, had more views than the Batman trailer of Robert Pattinson. That's which just is like nuts. to me. Well, which, that's just absurd. That's yes. insane. That it's like really, it's super highly anticipated. You're gonna get a lot, like the obviously the Snyder Cut lovers out there. You're gonna get the average DC fan, but then you're gonna get all the people that want to hate on Zack Snyder and they're gonna watch it and just yes. trash it on the internet. It's mm. gonna be everywhere, and I think. With the seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, this positive reaction to it, Crazy. I'm not seeing. I'm not going to rule out a potential continuation of the Snyderverse on HBO Max. Like this, this movie ends on a cliffhanger, a four hour movie that ends on a cliffhanger. So is that what I, they like, say? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I wonder so, if Superman dies well, again. <laughs> that, that's like him and Vision are just like going back and forth. How many times like a major superhero can like die? You know? No, but all right. So, Doctor O, I just want to piggyback on that at uh, the seventy-five percent because I looked earlier today at eighty-nine reviews and it was at seventy-four. So another twelve reviews said good, like certified like, fresh certified. territory. Soon. So yeah, now it's certified fresh territory, which is shocking to me because now like a lot of people I follow on Twitter, a lot of these critics, I I want to should I call out one or no? Uh, uh, yeah, good. Daniel Rickman is one I follow on Twitter. Okay, mm-hmm. he's very popular. I think you both would know him. He hates the Snyder Cut. This man does not like. Oh, he didn't he like is, it. No, 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 no. I mean, like he hates like the idea, all the DC. idea of the Snyder Cut. Yeah, yeah and he's the idea of it. But he said he liked it a lot. This man who does not like DC, what has been for the past ten years, liked it. And I'm just a little shocked, not only by that, but just 75 percent of reviewers who just notoriously have been against DC, have been against Snyder, Zack Snyder's all his work. Down that now they're saying this production has been very well done, and when this production was mainly in 2016, 2015, when it was a catastrophe because of obviously the tragedy with Zack Snyder, but also Josh Whedon taking over and the mustache gate with uh, Henry Cavill, just everything that happened during that production. So just to say that the production was actually good on this and the CGI is looking good that we've seen in this trailer, I have high hopes for this. I honestly, like the 75%, I don't think is a misjudge like you see in some movies, you know what I mean? Where it's just they're like, yes, it's a crowd pleaser, and the exactly. fans will be happy. I think it's going to actually be a quality superhero movie. Because usually they're biased we, against it. If we look back at Snyder's like DC career, right? It's like Man of Steel's hover around like a fifty-five percent, uh, which mm-hmm. is kind of divisive. But I think over time, people have grown upon that yes, movie. They, they actually myself. enjoy it more. Uh, Batman vs Superman's like a twenty-seven percent, like absolute trashed. But then, like I saw on Twitter, people are saying like, "Oh, it's a lot better than this." Vindicates that I've heard. But I think this movie is like wow you're starting to see what he originally intended but it's kind of snyder's fault for taking so long to do it like you expect to make like four or five movies and then like if one doesn't succeed like your, your whole plan's gonna like kind of just mm-hmm. like you still plan on like having it happen like uh, it's just, uh, to me that was kind of bold even though marvel it does a good job of planning everything out a lot of it's only one movie at a time like you people give like feige too much credit for planning ahead Right. They do only build like okay, they're looking ahead one. They movie, changed one division like, in the middle of the season. Dude, Snyder was like hinting at like the just the Legion of Doom and like the Riddler, uh, Black Panther yes. being in the fold. I mean, like he's teasing yeah, yeah. all these details. I'm just like, holy crap, this would have been amazing. And I wish right. he wasn't saying this because imagine if the, the Snyderverse is restored. You know, there is a chance. This is going to be one of the most streamed movies that like does, doesn't have a major theatrical release. 
Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Um, yeah. So I'm just jacked. No. And I think all right, my last point on this is that I was explaining this to my, to my girlfriend, like a couple weeks ago is that people look at Marvel and like they built, they basically built this into like, there was like 20 movies before infinity war. Right. And like, it was all leading up to Thanos and dark side is the Thanos. But the thing with DC is that the justice league was created as in the first time they ever fought together, all as one was for dark side. And then they went on all these adventures after dark side, really. That was like the whole premise of the justice league was to defeat dark side. That's what like Snyder, like it was happening there. And that was one of my critiques as in like, people wouldn't understand that after the Marvel cinematic universe, like people just want to understand that. And they want more backstory, including myself. But now I think this movie, after you already got those solo movies, with Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Superman, I think it's going to work better that way. Just people didn't understand it. I right. think that's the thing. They, just, they, just, they, they accepted what was successful and they knew what was like, what, what worked. And then yes. at the same time, like, it's not like Batman vs Superman is a good movie. Like, like that wasn't good. <laughs> like, it's like, it doesn't give credence to like, just accept that. Oh yeah. Justice League is definitely gonna be good with Zack Snyder at the helm. So I'm excited that it's doing well critically. I, I just want, I want to judge it for myself and I'm, I'm just want to see, I want to see Batman, right. I want to see Batfleck back, man. I want to see, mm-hmm. I want to see him in action. All right. Nightmare. Uh, Yes, nightmare. What if they did? Ugh, I'm not, I, I won't throw out any more ideas. I'm done. But uh, we have a slew. Week, we have a slew of other DC news in the fold here. I'm just going to throw it in. We don't have to elaborate on all of these. But uh, Kiersey Clemens will return as Iris West for the uh, upcoming Flash movie. Uh, Billy, Cr- uh, I think it's Crud Up or Crude Up, uh, drops out due to scheduling conflicts. Uh, he played uh, 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 Barry Allen's dad, who was in prison mm-hmm. during Justice League. He's going to be in the Snyder Cut. The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson, has wrapped filming, according to director Matt Reeves, after 14 months of production. It gave a little hint at a potential uh, storyline similar to The Long Halloween because they had a uh, Valentine's Day card, right, with the uh, – what, what's the thing called? The the one – the what I – the uh, – yeah, what, what's it called? Camera? No, it's uh, the – what I do before every podcast. Projector. What's that called? Oh, the, oh, the, the um, thing. The clapper? Yeah. Clapper. <laughs> the clapper. The movie clapper. Yeah, we gotta know what that's called. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it says the Batman that has like a card from Valentine's Day. Oh, right, right, the picture. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, released by Matt Reeves. There's uh, a couple TV shows coming out. Satana uh, and Batgirl are now the clapperboard. The clap is that what it Thank is? You. Clapperboard. Thank it's you. A clapperboard. Yeah. Yeah. Satana uh, and Batgirl are going to get their own uh, HBO Max series. Uh, Nez, which of these headlines grab your attention, if any? I mean, it's obviously the Batman, right? 14, 14 months, months of production. 14 months of production. It's wrapped. They're going to start hitting the editing. Oh, boy, am I excited, especially after that trailer. Oh, my gosh. Well, I is there going to be another trailer? That was only Absolutely. 25% of the movie. Now we're at 100% of like – Yeah. Like no, we're going to get another trailer. That, and it's going to be one of those tra- – it's going to – yeah. It's, it's going to – I think this summer when maybe movie theaters are opening up again and then we'll, it'll be uh, in, in um, what's it called? In theater. Like, you know, when people are in theaters, they'll be, we'll be premiering it, the uh, trailer there. Summer blockbusters. Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. So I'm hoping that that's the case here. Um, I can't wait to, to, to really ramp up our campaign to bring the movie theaters back. It's on oh, our yeah. shoulders, boys. It's on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's on us. Or cross the bear. We will cross succeed. the bear. We will well, I, I think I said my point with the Batman as well, as in I want a trailer now that we're 100%. But Kiersey Clemens, I'm actually interested in because obviously she's going to be in Snyder Cut. 
And now it's confirmed that she will be in the Flash, and which is like multiverse uh, most likely uh, for DC. But like I, I did like her in the movie Dope, which was a long time ago. I know I yeah, did like her in that, like movie. that you know that nerd group, that nerd group movie with ASAP Rocky as well. I did like her in that. And Did she transition to be a boy in that one? Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. Well, she was a nerdy like tomboy. I don't know if it was transitioning to be a boy. I don't okay. remember. I but I did like her in that, as long as with the lead character, who I can't remember his name. But because I don't, remember, I don't think they've been in a lot of we stuff. We can't. Rem- we we don't know or remember anything today. This is this is bad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just don't know. All I'm gonna say is that I think that'd be good, and I, I'm I'm excited for her like carrying over and like consistency between the Senators. And actually, like after Spider-Verse. So that's actually right. interesting to see. And she got cut out of the the theatrical version of Justice League. And that was yes. a big deal because, like, you had The Flash was getting all these delays. They're changing directors. And all of a sudden, Kirstie Clemens isn't in the fold anymore. It's good that she's confirmed to come back. Um, it's interesting that, like, Flash's dad, Billy Crudup, is not going to be yeah. in this movie. He's a good actor. Yeah. I know. I'm a fan of him. Uh, I would really like him. Stanford Prison Watchmen, Experiment. Big Fish. Uh, he's good. He's a great actor, but it's just interesting how they, they emphasize like Michael Keaton's going to be in this movie. Ben Affleck's going to be in this movie. Uh, they cast Supergirl for this movie, but you can't mm-hmm. get Barry Allen's dad. Like, like you might yeah. want to like set your priorities a bit here. And like, <laughs> it seems like DC is getting ahead of themselves a bit again, but uh, that's just more of the same good point. Like As that. for um, the Batman, dude, I don't think we're going to get a trailer for a while. Personally. Um, I think it's going to be a so few months. Successful. And it's like it, it comes out a year from uh, literally a little less than a year from now, which is a long, long time. OK, but uh, I'm still pumped for it. And hopefully we get a couple images. Maybe they'll do a little teaser before like a trailer. But I don't think I, I think it's going to be a while from now. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, boys, we talked about music earlier. Guess what? Kenneth Branagh is going to direct a BG's biopic. OK, the BG's biopic is an early development and no casting announcements have uh, have yet been made. Nez, are you getting the night fever for this upcoming music biopic? Oh, yeah. I am getting the night fever about this. My only thing that I'm upset about is why didn't my phone ring? I mean, I should be in this movie. I mean, this guy, this, this guy is auditioning for Superman. Now he wants to be in the Bee Gees. Like, we got we to gotta cut this man off. Like, he's got he's to save some roles for the rest of us. <laughs> I'm just wondering why my phone didn't ring. I'll have to, have, I'll have to speak with my agent. But... Yeah, I'm excited. When that movie comes out, we're all going to see that together. Opening night. Oh, we, oh, God, oh yeah. my God. I'm going to be dancing through the aisles. I'm going to be moving and grooving. I can't wait for this movie. What did I say at the beginning of this pod? I have the best disco catalog, and that includes <laughs> the true. Bee Gees, obviously. So, of course. yeah, I am hell excited. I got the night fever. I got the day fever. I got the afternoon fever for this movie. Not the COVID fever, though. Oh, not the COVID no. fever. That's the fever that we don't. No. I'm praying by the time this movie comes out, we get early screeners to it. We're in the early screener to see. Let's not forget, one of the greatest hit blogs that our site has True. ever seen was my BG's uh, review of How Can You Mend a Broken Heart? And it was actually retweeted by the uh, Italian. It was like the official page for, uh, it, for uh, the BG Italian fans. BG fans. Yeah, <laughs> one of my proudest retweets of all time but it's gonna be sick like i like music biopics are like such they're hot in the streets right now obviously bohemian mm-hmm. rhapsody rocket man imagine you're gonna get these three stallions right the gib brothers uh mm-hmm. in, in all their glory and some of the greatest 70s swag anyone has ever produced or worn 
one of the best selling bands of all time. People are going to be hopping around like it's the goddamn Jersey Boys, dude. The like in the in the audiences, they're going to be going nuts. Uh, yes. Imagine they show John screens. Travolta on the screen, my lord. No, but Cameo. I think. Oh, oh, well, I, no. So I think you guys make great points. Kenneth Branagh, not necessarily like the greatest like claim director, but he, he has like big motion pictures. Like he's done like Cinderella, um, Thor. Uh, like uh, Thor. Um, he's doing uh, Death in the, on the Nile. Like he he is in a, like a big time director, not necessarily like a Scorsese type or anything like that. Like critically acclaimed, but just type. just a blockbuster good director. But he has a guy named Graham King with him producing. Graham King is one of the greatest producers of this generation. He's done. He's worked with Ben Affleck with The Town and Argo. He's with the Scorsese for The Departed, like producing wise. Um, uh, he's done Bohemian Rhapsody. Produced that one. And Jersey Boys. So, like, also he has the music, uh, the music catalog to go with it in the movie business-wise. So, Hannah Brown, he might not be the critically acclaimed director, but he has the producer that's critically acclaimed to the max. And Paramount, I think a big thing with movie biopics is that you got to have rights to the movie, uh, to the music. You have to. As you see with the David, David Bowie biopic, did not have the rights to the music, so it didn't have any David Bowie music in it. Paramount has all the Why rights. Why would you make the movie then? No that idea. No sense. No idea. No one saw it, so who cares? But Paramount has all the rights to the Bee Gees uh, music. And uh, also another producer on this, executive producer, is Barry Gibb on this movie, who also mm. produced the uh, documentary that you just mentioned, Dr. O. So Imagine. it's going to have all the music components available to make a great Bee Gees movie. The big question for me is, it has all the parts – but the cast, we need to make a Bee Gees cast. I have some names written down. Who the hell is going to hit that falsetto? No, I don't hit know that who, falsetto? I have some Nobody, names. that's who. I do have some names written down if you guys want me to go through them. Unless you have some. I, I mean, I'm, I don't know. No, I don't. Well, okay, so. You can hit me. Okay, well, similar to Superman, I have little criteria. You got to look the part. You have to have some acting presence. Like, you're the Bee Gees. Like, one of the best like sung bands of all time. You have to have the presence. But also, you have to have some like musical capabilities. My first name, Bradley Cooper. I I did think about him. Just I thought of his hair in The Hangover. Bradley Cooper is on my board. Bradley Cooper. I have who else? Well, Jared Leto's on my board. You know, Adam Driver. Get him a tan. Can he sing? Can he sing? Get him a tan. Hugh Jackman's on my board. You and no McGregor. one can sing like them. They're gonna have you to pull Bohemian Rhapsody. Moon Moon Raj. Moon McGregor does a great job in that. And Beauty and the Beast as well. Um, Remy Ma kind of looks like them, even though he didn't sing a Bohemian Rhapsody. He'd be like so a Robin Gibb. They can't have him right. do another another biopic, right? Right. He's, he's kind of known now for Freddie Mercury. Yeah, think, so of, think about if they do a potential music universe. They but, play two parts. But another one I have on my list that I saw online today was Blake Jenner, the guy in Everybody Wants Some and Glee. That guy looks exactly like a Barry Gibb type. He well, looks exactly he's got the Glee like background. It seems like he'd be a good. And player. he looks exactly like a BG. Like he looks exactly like one of the family members. So I think it would be like that would be a good pick as well as one of the three or even Andy. But uh, my final thought, thought on this is that the Bee Gees, what are they known for besides their music? Their tragedy. Like there's only one living Bee Gee left, including tragedy. Okay, also a song. But like they also like they've been through so oh, much. Like, they went to Australia. Tragedy. They went back to England. The twins have both died. Uh, Maurice and Robin. Andy died, and he died before them. The youngest, like. They literally have so like there's so many stories within this one story. They gotta either focus on one or just do like a, a tire biopic of everything and just make it three hours long. Like it's gonna be insane. So yeah. that's my other last thought. Yeah, I mean, I 
they've they had a crazy career. They went to like folk music, then they went disco, then they went pop, and then then they wrote music. They can like, focus they, on that too. The actual it's, music. It's, it's, they had a long career. They deserve some uh, type of recognition like this with the movie. I think they're one of the most underrated bands of all time. Um, let's keep on moving on with the checkup. Keep on moving on. Avatar passes Endgame as the highest grossing movie of all time after getting a re-release in China. I think I speak for everyone when I say. flex the floor is yours i think we all know i've said it so many times in this podcast i'm not an avatar stan i am against avatar but i respect the moves to be honest like hey the avatar not a great movie in my eyes but you know what to stay relevant gotta do what you gotta do and i wouldn't be surprised if in 2050 i see avatar with whatever just takes over for uh, most uh, the biggest box office of all time that they decide, you know what? Let's just go hit China again. Let's just do this again. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like why oh not? God. James Cameron just wants to keep that title. I don't. And I, the I, Russos I are going to be like ninety, and they're going to be like one last final release, <laughs> like as they're about to like bite the dust. <laughs> but oh yeah, gosh. I agree with you. I, agree I don't hate bad. Avatar as much as you do, Flix, but <laughs> I do think it's ridiculous that that even counts. Like, shouldn't that just expire at this point? Like re-release come on it's cheating that's cheating it that's is cheating. cheating i respect it's, it but it's, it's so cheating. unfair and it's such a james cameron like petty move and like he doesn't mm. like like those well they're coming out with like another that. one well they're so coming out with trying a bunch to generate of oh god i didn't know that they have a lot of sequels uh, coming dude i don't even know if like the sequels will make half just what the first one made oh I don't my know, god yeah. really yeah wow that it's a phenomenon. Wow. People like it. People like it. I, think I enjoy people love, that movie. I think people love seeing it in theater. That's why it's always going to be top. But that was like out. in the 3D craze. Like, that's why people liked it so much. But and maybe this will be 3D oh was God. done after a year. Like, it was like, okay, yeah. well, we're done with this. They so re-released to... Lion King 3D. I went to that, and I was like, all right, I'm done with this 3D oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Barry Jenkins. I was done I when I was eight I years old, and I saw Spy Kids 3 game over. That, oh, that was kind of cool, though. <laughs> yeah, that was cool at the time. Yes, when I was was That was like... I don't know. I like. I like. I literally don't think like the people. There, people don't have a yearning for Avatar two. You know, people don't care if there's a third Avatar. I did. You know? I had one. Like yeah, yeah I'm years saying, ago. Like, so much time. <laughs> Ten years ago. <laughs> but like so much time has passed. Like from '08 that that '09. I think mm. it came out, and it's it's literally 2021. Eleven years later. Like, do we want Avatar anymore? But I can see. Like, oh, it's gonna I be can great. see a bunch of people. Amazing. I can see a bunch of people wanting to see the second one to see a, how big of the jump the technology and CGI is. But then after that one, if the second one isn't like critically well done, then I could see people just falling off and not going to see the rest of them. I think they should just make one more. They don't need to make a bunch more. It's too late for that. But you know, who, mm-hmm. who, who am I to tell them? I don't know. It, 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 Nez, be, that too. it, it probably is going to be a visual spectacle, which will be nice. Uh, yeah, but of I mean. I, and I'm not as much of a hater either on that movie as Flex, as you know from our uh, discussion with Zoe Saldana during our top. <laughs> oh, that wasn't a discussion. That was a war. <laughs> oh, Controversial. <laughs> okay. Last piece of the checkup really quick. Marvel, Marvel Secret Invasion, which is an upcoming series, brings in One Night in Miami star Kingsley Ben-Adir, which we, we will talk about when we go over our Oscar nominations and snubs. But uh, Kingsley Ben-Adir – Right, who played Malcolm X in One Night in Miami, will, will reportedly play the villain opposite of Samuel L. Jackson in Ben Mendelsohn in Disney Plus series Secret Invasion. Flex, what do you think about Kingsley Ben-Adir getting a shot at a superhero film? Wow. Like, this uh, is serious. Yeah, serious, serious. This is amazing. Like, you just mentioned, perhaps to somebody on this podcast, maybe all three of us, 
an Oscar snub, but now he gets a Marvel project. He goes, he was just, a, he was in the theater and he goes to One Night in Miami and now a Marvel project next to Sam L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn. Like this is huge for him. Like he might've lost out on an Oscar nomination on this, on this time around. But after this, working with these two actors in a Marvel project with Kevin Feige, this guy, like he's just, and he, obviously we all thought he was phenomenal one night in Miami. The sky's the limits for him. Like he's had the best start to a career probably that anyone could ever ask for. So I honestly, like, I feel bad for him that no Oscar not, but my God, like second, like what's like the worst, the next best thing to happen being next to Samuel Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn in a Marvel project. So this is awesome. I love to hear it. And I look forward to seeing the series just in general, because obviously after WandaVision, we think this is going to have, have more of an effect that you first thought when it came out. This dude's a stud. I think he was. He was like one of the most obvious snubs when I looked at the nominations this morning. I thought he was incredible as Malcolm X. Uh, you know who we, all, who we also played in terms of historical figures? He played Obama, dude. He oh, played Obama right. in the Comey rule. So, like, I... I, I think he'll end up playing Obama again. Like he'll play him in a biopic. Like I think like he is a phenomenal. Oh, actor. I see that. I think he can easily take that character on. I'm glad that he's getting a opportunity to play a villain. I wish it was like maybe a more uh, higher stakes movie uh, series or movie. Cause I know I don't have much anticipation for this upcoming series with secret invasion. I don't really care about the scrolls and all that stuff. And Ben Mendelsohn's character. I love Nick Fury, but uh, I want it to be, I want, I just don't really care about everything else, but good for him. Right, I'm rooting for him, and he'll probably make it more watchable. For sure, for sure. So that does it for the checkup this week. Uh, I'm going to throw it back to Nez, who might throw it right back to me for our Oscar nomination preview and announcements of uh, the news this morning. Yeah, how's it going? I, uh, I am going to throw it back to you because my document is completely frozen right now, and I'm unable to scroll. Okay. So throwing it back to Dr. O. All right, it's back to me, right? We're just playing pass over here. Um, so here's the deal. Oscars, they're airing on April 25th. This morning we got the nominations. We thought instead of a potential review of Cherry this week, uh, we would instead go through each of the major categories in terms of nominations. We go through actor in a lead role, supporting actor, actress in a lead role, supporting actress, director. Uh, the main ones. Best picture, all the big ones. We're going to hit them all. We're going to go through the nominees. We're going to go through who we think deserves to be there. If there were any snobs, we'll go um, category by category. So, boys, you ready for this? And predictions, right? Did you say that? Am I yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we'll throw it all in there. Um, I'll write so, it down so we'll all remember for when the Oscars come around and how many we get right. Yeah, maybe do a little uh, gambling there. Maybe do a little betting mm. for the odds. Mm. Um, so, first uh, category we're going to talk about, actor in a lead role. All right, so we had our five nominees. We had, first off, Stephen Yoon for Minari. Shout out Walking Dead. Uh, we also had Gary Oldman uh, for Mank. We have Anthony Hopkins for The Father. And then Chad, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And then lastly, one that I was a bit surprised by is Riz Ahmed for The Sound of Metal. And he becomes the first Muslim nominated for the Best Actor Oscar. So... Fellas, what sticks out to you? What are your expectations? Uh, Flicks, we'll kick it, kick it with you first, and then we'll go to Nez. Well, I, the audience can't see, maybe see on the YouTube, but I, I was taking it back when you said Riz Ahmed's surprise. I think, well, I, I first think, I think it's obvious Chadwick Boseman's going to win. But if I had to pick just like if uh, like best performance, I, I think Riz Ahmed 
was the best performance out of these five. Like, I, I loved his performance at Side of the Meadow. I didn't love the movie, but I think him and Paul Racy, uh, who is the supporting actor, who isn't got quite well known. As well. But he, yeah, he also got a nomination. Yes, we'll get to that uh, soon. But I think Riz Ahmed was phenomenal, like absolutely stunning in his role in Sound of Metal. And I think Chadwick Boseman will win. And he was phenomenal as well. But I will, and I haven't seen Minari. I just want to say that at the beginning. I haven't seen it. So I feel kind of bad because like that's obviously going to be a lot of the consistent, one of the consistent uh, nominations throughout all of these. But Riz Ahmed was phenomenal. So like I was a little shocked when you said surprise. Cause... I haven't seen it. That's why I'm pretty oh, much okay. saying it. And also mm-hmm. when you look at that category, like Gary Oldman won an Oscar. Anthony Hopkins won an Oscar. Chadwick Boseman, the favorite here. Minari's kind of was like a, a critical darling before it even came out. So mm-hmm. I, and just Riz Ahmed is like kind of someone I associate with. Oh yeah. He was the bad guy in Venom. He was in Rogue One. Like he, the he night didn't of. really, uh, Nightcrawler. He's great in the night of. Yeah. Yes. Night of Nightcrawler. I like but, those roles with him. I think this is his breakout role. I was just kind of shocked that if out of the five, like you only get five nominees here that he got mm-hmm. one of them. Here's what, I, what I'll say. I mean, great company to be uh, with uh, Gary Oldman, Anthony Hopkins and Chadwick Boseman for both Steven Yoon uh, and Riz Ahmed. Uh, another fun fact that I do want to include actually is Steven Yoon is the first Asian American uh, actor to be nominated for uh, best actor. Oh, so, really? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not only do we have the first mo- uh, Muslim uh, nominated for Best Actor, but also the first Asian American. So um, very historic year in this category, for sure. Um, my vote's obviously going to go for Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is his award. This is his award. Like, yeah. it, it's going to be him. Uh, it's going to be a powerful moment when I, I most likely I, I know the Golden Globes. I think his wife is the one who received and gave a speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be like eerily i would think similar to like heath ledger's acceptance of an award uh posthumously so um i I, like gary oldman i thought was great in mank i've not seen the father so and i love myself some anthony hopkins and i like i've heard that's a great performance from olivia coleman as well who was also nominated sound of metal i'm probably gonna watch tonight uh after ricky flick's review i think i have to watch it and uh Give my performance doesn't matter something. The movie itself, I didn't love, but the performance Just the acting. Right. Him and Paul Rod- Racy were phenomenal in that, and their back and forth was pretty stunning. So we got we got Chadwick Boseman across the board. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, okay. Uh, actor in a supporting role. This is where we get a, it gets a little interesting, uh, mainly because we have two nominees from one movie, one movie that we've reviewed. So first nominee, Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, we next have Daniel Kaluuya for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. We have Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Paul Racy, as mentioned before, for The Sound of Metal. And then lastly, Nez's guy, Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. So Nez, do you think Lakeith has any chance here for a, a win? So I thought that, I think when we first discussed this, I thought that he was supposed to be a lead actor, Mm. Uh, but I guess he's a supporting, they're both supporting actors. So that's very interesting. Uh, I actually do think he has a shot. So while Daniel Kaluuya uh, did an incredible portrayal of a historical figure based off of, you know, somebody that had already existed in our society in real life or whatever. um, I mean, he had a lot of things that you could take note of, right? Past speeches, videos, and stuff like that. Uh, For Lakeith, he kind of had to play somebody that did exist, but there was a lot less information on, I guess, or videos and stuff to go off of. Um, But I think his character and the the conflict that he has to play with and uh, the way that he has, he had to kind of go through with that. 
Um, I, I like his chances. Uh, I, I like his chances better than Daniel Kaluuya, but I don't know if either are going to win, to be honest. Um, mm. Are you afraid of a split vote between because it's in the same movie or what? Exactly. You know, exactly. That's what that's where I was what I was getting around to is the mm-hmm. fact that um, it's like two players you know, from the same team going for MVP. exactly exactly so it makes it a little bit more difficult um with the split you know splitting the votes there um who would you give the edge to if uh neither of them i want to say sasha baron cohen i think he's a crowd favorite i i think i'm gonna have i might have to go leslie odom actually that's mine yeah if if it's not if for me daniel clue i think it's his to lose I think, I think that the Keith, it was a shocker. Like I, I was completely shocked because also they were too. they were promoting I think him. He as, deserves, yeah. They were promoting deserves. him as the lead actor, and mm. I think like just to see him as supporting, I think was a little shocking. But I think this is clueless to lose. You saw in the Golden Globes, it was obviously he was going to win. But I do, I did obviously I mentioned Paul Racy, but I did think Leslie Odom Jr. was also great. And one night in Miami, Sasha Grant Cohen, I think like Doctor O said it here. He's a crowd favorite, but I just think that his a lot of it just wasn't. It was like more improv, and not necessarily as like critically like impressive is what I mean. And for the academy, I think that takes a lot of foothold. So I don't think he has a chance to be honest. I know I'm probably gonna clip you're gonna clip this if he wins, but I think it's clueless to lose to be honest. And I don't think I, the split vote's gonna matter in the end. I got a slight feeling that Sasha Baron Cohen, his nomination here, he is like his name, like draws attention, obviously Borat and like his, the films he's made, the, uh, the Academy has been trying to get more recognition in terms of viewership for the Oscars. And they know if they have Sasha Baron Cohen there, it could, uh, it could drive up viewership. And I think that's just a fact, but, uh, and then everyone loves him. You know, he's a, mm. he's a funny dude. Everyone saw him at the Golden Globes. He's been on a heater too. Trial of the Chicago 7. Then like Borat's subsequent film, which is obviously he has mm. uh, Maria Bakalova being nominated for an Oscar for uh, actress in a supporting role. Uh, I think this is Daniel Kaluuya's to lose. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield did do awesome. He had a way more complex role, but you have a powerful figure, right? And they're trying to have a different perspective given on such a powerful figure. And Kaluuya was had such a presence in that film. It's going to be hard to beat. His name just kind of stands out out of among the rest. Leslie Odom Jr. I liked, but I liked, as I said before, Kingsley Benadir's performance better. And I was mad that he wasn't nominated instead of him. I get it. Leslie Odom can sing. Uh, he had also a complex role in terms of like how um, he should be representing uh, like black culture and how he should be promoting uh uh, the improvement of African Americans in terms of in the music industry, like he had a, uh, like he had a powerful role there too. But I think Kingsley Benadire as Malcolm X once again had more of a presence. Like you felt his performance, I think more so than Leslie Odom. Uh, haven't seen Paul Racy. Uh, yeah, that's what I think. And I think Charles Chicago Seven is just mad overrated. But it's also oh, I agree with that. But also. They like with One Night Miami, they were promoting it the same way as they were in Judas, where they had Lakeith Stanfield. They were promoting him as the lead actor, and they were promoting Kingsley Benadir as the lead actor in uh, One Night in Miami. So, like, when you already have Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, then you have the two studs. Yeah, do you think they did that on purpose for Stanfield? That, like, okay, like he won't be able to get in there, so maybe we so, just put him up for support. So, what I'm hearing, which I don't like, it's not my thoughts, but what I was reading on. Uh, I was reading on the internet was that obviously Chadwick Boseman's the most likely to, to win in the lead role. 
So to make it like to give Lakeith a chance and like just give another uh, African American a chance to it's win. It's not as strong as a field, obviously. Right. They're going to put him in the supporting role. That's what I was reading. And I'm not sure if it's true or false, but that's just what I read from a, a reliable source. But I don't want to give it away because I do feel bad if that's not true. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So it looks like we we got Nez going Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Ricky Flex and I going to Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. Um, Actors in a lead role, we have Viola Davis and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. We have uh, Andre Day for the United States vs. Billy Holiday. We have Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman from Netflix. We get Frances McDormand for Nomadland, which we did review. And another one, uh, my favorite out of the bunch here, Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Women. Um, Flicks, which one, uh, which one do you got here? Who's your favorite? Obviously, Promising Young Woman, I think, is the highest rated movie I reviewed uh, that I scored this year. And it's mostly because of Harry Mulligan. That's who I want to win. They're, they are promoting hard. They are campa- campaigning so hard for her right now. She hasn't won an Oscar since 08. I believe it's 08, maybe 09. And she's been in some, like, she's been in some fantastic roles. And I recently watched Shame when her and Michael Fassbender were siblings going at it. And she was phenomenal in that. So, I somewhat of a tough watch. Holy crap. Terrible. Shame. Oh, my God. Such a tough watch. But like, if you just look, Andre Day, like, it felt like the Golden Globes, like, she won that, but, like, it felt like, oh, that was going to be her win. That wasn't necessarily, like, she was incredibly yeah. shocked. I think that that was her victory for her role. It's like Taryn Egerton winning last year for right, Rocket, for Rocket Man. Man. Right. And Frances McDormand, like, she didn't even show up for the Golden Globes. I feel like she's a past award winner. She's, like, just satisfied to be, like, she's just there, you know, even though it's going to be more about Nomadland as a movie, not necessarily as her performance. Mm-hmm. And Vanessa Kirby, there's just no campaigning for her right now. So I think it just comes down to Viola Davis and Carrie Mulligan, and it's going to go down to campaigning. And Carrie Mulligan, I think, is just going to take the win here. Hmm. Nez, thoughts? Um, I loved Promising Young Woman as as a movie, and I didn't really like Nomadland as a movie, but I actually think Frances McDormand uh, might have a better chance here, or at least in my from from you know my eye test. I don't know who's going to win, but that's who I think I would pick to win or viola davis i think she's uh amazing as well um but i think that i just think that she did a really i think uh francis by the way did a really good job uh in that movie like uh, it just like it felt so real and grounded in reality and and she just like it felt like she was like carrying so much with her and i i don't know um she really like made me f- like feel her position in that movie and i think she did an excellent job uh, I want to, like, as I said before, I want Carrie Mulligan to win, but I think more of the flashiness and style of Promising Young Woman kind of like it takes over Carrie Mulligan's performance, even though Carrie Mulligan was really good in that performance. But I think Francis, this is Francis McDormand's to lose just based on the fact she's in every goddamn scene of that movie. She is all over the screen in a movie that's expected mm. to contend it's her for- movie. It's, yeah. And well, it, I guess it's 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 definitely Carrie Mulligan's movie and Promising Young Woman too. But you're you're right though. I do get what you're saying. Yeah, and there's some uh, you guys as you guys said. There's some solid performances outside of Carrie Mulligan with Bo Burnham in that movie. Mm-hmm. Emerald Fennell is. I think it's gonna take. I, I mean, I I could actually make this argument for Nomadland, but she Emerald Fennell seems like she's getting a lot of the. Um, accolades and she's getting a lot of the the campaigning um, for that movie is absurd right now yes and like it's kind of taking over twitter right now um and i think chloe zhao is also getting a lot of credit for nomadland Mm -hmm. but then you have francis mcdormand who already is that um experienced 
like solidified uh, presence. She's, yeah, solidified. Uh, she almost it's almost expected that she's going to win this award. I don't know how to describe it, even though Carrie Mulligan has like been here before too. But a and while ago, promising young woman. I don't think helped that it, like it was kind of lesser seen than Nomadland. Like promising young woman, you didn't have. Um, the widespread release and you didn't no have streaming it on a service. streaming service. Like we watch it on YouTube. So it's just like, it's kind of out of the ordinary there. Uh, I want her to win, but I'm thinking it's McDormand. Uh, can I jump in real quick? Yeah. A lot of these movies like Minari still isn't available. Like it, yeah. a lot of these movies, like the father, you still can't see them. Like a lot of these movies, like obviously you can see like Netflix movies and the Hulu movies, like we just mentioned, but a lot of these movies that are nominated, you still haven't seen. And I think No Man Land's going to pick up, like, I don't want to spoil the rest of this, but I think No Man Land's going to, like, pick up some awards later on. So I think, and I think Promising Young Woman, like Emerald Fennell, so her first full feature film, a lot of first full feature films, they usually don't win Oscars, as in, like, for director or best picture. So I just really think that if it's going to it's been nominated for, like, I forget how many awards it's nominated for. If it's going to pick up for any, it's going to be this one. And I think it's chances, like, out of, compared to any Nomadland, like as it's nominated for very like it's it's against Nomadland in a lot of categories. I think this is the best chance, and I think it's gonna get they're gonna, the academy's gonna be like, all right, let's give it to Carrie Mulligan. A lot, and then a lot of times it's interesting because like the most nominated movie last year was jo- uh, Joker, right? It was two right. Years ago. So it, it, it's fascinating to look at that because like it only won like two Oscars, but it was nominated for like eleven. So the, I think mm-hmm. that might be like there's a chance Nomadland. I think that's that a different that. movie. Uh, next, uh, oh, that we'll talk about next. Okay. Like put well, Mank. I was yes. thinking Mank. Yeah. Yes, I think so that's, Mank is like that's that flashy movie. Gary Oldman, David Fincher, gonna get nominated. I, I agree, hundred percent. Fits way, uh, way more so. Um, let's go to actors in a supporting role. We got, we got a Borat subsequent I film. Ca- with, I can't believe that. I can't <laughs> believe she got nominated. It's Maria Bakalova is nominated for Borat's subsequent film. This is like her first acting. All right, sorry. Just keep going, keep going. Uh, we have Glenn Close for, as Ricky Flex said before, how do you pronounce that second word, Ricky? Hillbilly Elegy? Allergy, right? Elegy? Allergy? Oh, Elegy, oh, sorry. No, Elegy. Uh, Olivia Coleman for The Father. Uh, we got Amanda Seyfried for Mank, one that we discussed in one of our very first podcasts, uh, whether she was going to get nominated or not. She did. Uh, did. And then we have Yu Jung Yoon being nominated for Minari. Uh, let's start with uh, Flicks over here. You wanted to talk about your girl, Glenn Close. So uh, you have the floor. Well, all right. So Glenn Close, this movie, I love Ron Howard, but like, I don't know what he was doing with this movie. I didn't even finish it. Glenn Close has never won an Oscar. The Oscars are known for giving people that has never won, like that are claimed actors or actresses an Oscar when they, for a role that they shouldn't have won, but it's like a decent role. And you thought like when the nominations that we just listed off and actors and uh, supporting actor and actresses, like all the diversity there and first time nominated people, you think, oh, they're on the right track here. And then you just, oh, nope, Glenn Close is getting nominated. And Glenn Close is a phenomenal actress. But for this movie, like just, this was not right. And I don't think she's going to win. I think this, I think it was just like, Oh, these are all relatively new actresses coming onto the stage. We got to put someone that everyone knows. So we got to put Glenn close, but I just was not happy with that because the person that was snubbed, which I haven't seen this movie, but it's just, I know it has to be better than Hillbelly Elegy is Jodie Foster and the Moritarian, which won a golden globe for best supporting act. Uh, actress. Right. So 
Rip, I haven't seen that movie. Did you hear Rip Flicks? Did you see the big story with Glenn Close today? Like in terms no. of the nominations? Did she say something? Dude, she's the first person to be nominated for the same role for an Oscar and a Razzie. Oh, right. Yes, I did see that. Did you I see that? A Razzie. Like, I know that like, The Shining was nominated for a Razzie, uh, but it wasn't nominated for an Oscar. Like, you know like the way you're like, pronouncing it. A Razzie. Oh, a Razzie. But, like, a Razzie is like, no, like, the worst movies of the year. Like, the worst it performances. It got nominated for a Razzie. A Razzie. But like those are like, for the audience say? that don't know. Those are not. Those are people like those are like the roles that are the worst. Like those are. Well, like, yeah, no, that's what. It, yeah, that's what it is. So it's, it's like just the worst like, it shows how bad the academy is still to its ways and how biased they are. Even though we, we just talked about all the diversity, all the first time people being nominated, but then they still do this when Jodie Foster, which won a Golden Globe for her role in the Mauritanian, and didn't get not uh, didn't get nominated here. I didn't, I didn't think she was going to win. My pick is Amanda Seyfried. Like, this is like when. This is like when Denzel got nominated for uh, Roman yeah. J. Israel Esquire yes. because, yes. like, they needed, like, a name and a movie exactly. that came out recently, one that they thought was going to be, like, a, uh, an Oscar-nominated uh, performance. And it was just – they said, oh, it's Denzel, and even though it was not a good movie or performance. So uh, that's, that's the kind of feel I got here. Uh, Amanda Seyfried, happy for her. She is now known as an Oscar nominee and not just mm-hmm. a girl who can tell the weather by her nipples and mean girls. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Maria Bakalova. I mean, is she gonna win? No. <laughs> is she gonna win? The campaign song for her. I don't, really? I, like, oh my god! I don't think it's so. like her I, first major role. Should. I think I would bet on her to win. She's like, probably like, the main, She's probably like the has the the well, worst odds or how do you, the best odds or. I think I think she's the. F- I, I, she's I, the I'm afraid, favorite. I'm, af- I'm afraid to say this out loud, but she's the favorite, right? I think she is the favorite. No, I think <laughs> she's the crazy. favorite. Because people have been going crazy for her. She did she won the Golden Globe or, or Young Jung Yoon and Minari, which I haven't. That's seen, what I was but thinking. I think yeah. that might be the favorite. I just haven't seen it. So I it's can't. a grandmother, right? I, 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 haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen the movie. But, but I, I think it's hilarious that that Maria Bakalova got got nominated for this. I think I think it's absolutely hilarious. And she's with Rudy Giuliani confirmed it. Oh my god! Yeah, I guess that, <laughs> that was, was her really Oscar well moment. That was her Oscar moment. I wonder if if Giuliani got any noms this year. Oh, maybe man. not. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't acting in that one. Or the Anyways. scene. I mean, her Oscar, her, her Oscar. Oh my god! <laughs> her Oscar moment might have been when she was doing that dance with Borat and she lifted her dress up. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh, Jesus. One of the most. Oh, one of the most god. like la- the loudest I've gasped in a movie maybe ever. At least during that scene, that was. Nuts. I just could not imagine being. There. <laughs> no, let's crazy. move on. Let's move on yeah, to directors. Okay. Let's go to directors. Let's kind of wrap this up a little bit. We got uh, Thomas Vinterberg, right? Was nominated for another round, right? Starring Mads Mikkelsen. David Fincher is nominated for Mank. Not real. Not a real surprise there. Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, presumably the favorite here. And then Emerald Fennell, the crowd favorite for Promising Young Woman. Uh, flicks. Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, lineup of directors? Well, I am shocked to see another round on here. I'm shocked because obviously that's not like Minari, which people were calling it international, but it's uh, spoiler. It's on the best picture list uh, nominees out of the eight, but another round is not on the best picture list, but it's on the international list with Max Mickelson, but the golden globe winner for best director, Aaron Sorkin, basically another round knocked him out for this nomination, which is the shocking part. And I think besides the Glenn Close story is the story of this nomination. I think this is shocking. And to be honest, 
I love it. Even though I, I, I love Aaron Sorkin, I think he's a wizard with a pen or keyboard, whatever you want to call it. I love Molly's Quill. game is for a quill, <laughs> but I did not think he deserved a nomination for this. So I'm glad it's, uh, even though I'm not glad because I love Aaron Sorkin, I'm never going to like D, de- you know what I mean? Like I'm not, not happy. Yeah. He didn't get nominated, but like. You're always going to respect him, but you don't think he earned it this time. Agreed. Uh, David Fincher. I like that. He got like nominated for this, like outside the box type of movie. He was not really familiar with making. It's not like one of his classic thrillers. We've talked about this on the podcast, but like the, the style of it an Orson Welles style movie about an Orson Welles movie. It's kind of like, Whoa, uh, a little meta bro. But uh, Emerald Fennel is going to be, uh, the one I want to win, she had like the greatest, like in term, uh, she had like the best style, in my opinion, in terms of tone, and then also uh, mm. kind of like keeping the audience on their toes. But it's gonna be Chloe Zhao, just like everyone seems to adore her, um, and they love the messages she sent with Nomadland, uh, and obviously like the overall picture put together with the cinematography, the acting from uh, Frances McDormand. It just seems like the one that everyone's seeing saying is the critical darling. So I mean, she did be the favorite, right? And what she did with all the nomads, like the non-actors and everything that like mm-hmm. the story, the adapted, what she did with the adapted, uh, the novelist, I think that she did a great job there. She won the, the golden globe for best picture. Yeah. Right. And also I just want to say, Emma Fennell, I love, like I said, my highest rated movie was promising Young woman. I just only six times ever, in like 94 Oscars, the first time, uh, like for, person directing for the first time their full feature film won for best director I just don't think with this list yeah. that she's going to make it and also with David Fincher the only time he was nominated in this was with Benjamin Button another slow burn kind of so mm-hmm. yeah. it's even though he's known for thrillers the ones that get him nominated are the slow burns I actually like mm-hmm. Benjamin Button a lot you're a bigger fan than me on that I, I do like mm-hmm. that movie it's slow but I am a fan mm-hmm. uh, Brad Pitt's awesome in that uh, yes, he, he's great. Uh, I also wanted to really quickly say we went over best supporting actor. We we didn't bring up like arguably the biggest snub with Delroy Lindo, right? Oh. for the Five Bloods, and it just gets to, to we, mm. we're going over directors right now. Spike Lee not nominated for the Five Bloods. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. I, it, like, just, it, it just, it just I has forgot. me thinking. Yeah. Like, a, another round seems like a wild card pick here. They could have gone Spike Lee from the more like uh, the bigger name. Uh, arguably, and then Delroy Lindo, I think he's put together like you talked about honoring these long careers, people that have like devoted themselves mm-hmm. to the industry. It's kind of a shock that he wasn't nominated as well. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. I no, I think that's a great point. I love Delroy Lindo. I, I should have mentioned that. That was my mistake. I think he, that was one of my favorite performances of the year. Yeah, that was a sucker for. Uh, he it came out too early, man. Just, yes, just, true. I can't. I hate. I hate that whole idea of of that. But you, yeah, in the Grammys, does, they does do make the a opposite. Difference. The Grammys you saw last night, like they do the opposite. Like, like no one remembers. The Grammys Post are Malone's a joke. I don't even well, want to start. I don't even want to start. Well, except for gonna start. They're going to be able to start on the Grammys. Taylor Swift, seriously? Oh, oh man, oh, I didn't. Oh mean my, don't get me started. But don't get me started. Like Post Malone, Dua Lipa should have won every award. <laughs> yeah, Post Malone album came like in January last year, but it was going up for Grammys this year. Like it's the exact opposite of the Oscars where they on they actually like look back at the beginning of the year where the Oscars is like the exact opposite. They only look at the end of the year. Right. It's kind of weird. 
Yeah, it's as expected though. It's it sucks, but like that's this is what people use recency bias all the time for the right. awards type of stuff. But uh, best picture here, last one to wrap up. We have the father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and Trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh, I guess we'll start with Naz here. So, uh, what is your favorite here, or who's your sleeper? I should say, who's your favorite? Who's your sleeper for best picture? My favorite, I mean, Ju- Judas and the Black Messiah is the best movie I've seen all year, bar none, hands down. Um, so I'm really hoping that it wins. I don't know if it will. Uh, I actually think, I think Mank might take it home, to be honest. Really? And I didn't even like Mank that much, but I think it might take it home. Yeah. Just because it's so odd and just like. But that, okay. Different than anything that's come out this year. I feel like it's like. Than I, than I think anything this is I've a wide open out recently. I have a take. I have a take. I feel like Mank is like The Irishman. Okay, it's a Netflix mm-hmm. movie that like it's a either about Hollywood or just like a critically acclaimed movie. But like a lot of people just didn't like like people like young people that have Netflix like a lot of people just didn't like it. The black and white or the story they just didn't love the genre. The year it was made, like the thirties, they didn't, they didn't care love, about the story. They didn't care about. It. They didn't care about the Irishman. They didn't care about an old time De Niro and terrible CGI. I think they did no. like it. That was the draw. The Irishman people were making fun of that nonstop. No, I mean, I think, I think, I think people didn't make fun of it until it came out. Like people were seeing oh, like the okay. trailers of like De Niro and oh, Pesci younger. They're just like, but holy crap! This I guess like what I'm trying to say is like the Irishman was nominated for so many awards, didn't come out with a win. Mank, I do think I, I picked Safe for you to win. But I don't think it's going to win anything else. I think that this is Nomad Lands to lose. I do think Minari has a chance because of just the campaigning and everyone how critically acclaimed it is. But I haven't seen it, so I can't like, confirm that. So I'm going to pick Nomad Land. But I also just wanted to say snubs here that a lot of people are saying are Ma Rainey and One Night in Miami, both adapted screenplays from theater. Now, both of those, we've seen them all. But, uh, both of all of us, us, us three, have seen all three of the movies. Ma Rainey, When I Miami, and the other adapted uh, screen, uh, screenplay here, or uh, theater, is The Father. And The Father, I just thought that's nominated for Best Editing. And that just shows how well they did from adapting from the, screen, uh, the stage to the screen cinematically. And I don't think Ma Rainey or One Night in Miami did as well of a job. So that's why it didn't get nominated here, but The Father did. But I just wanted to say that because a lot of people were yelling about it. I just want to say that's probably the reason. And it shows in the other category of best editing why as the father got nominated for that, not Ma Rainey or One Night in Miami, and why Regina King wasn't nominated for best directing either. Personally, I think Judas and the Black Messiah is a dark horse here. Uh, I, I really do think that. I don't I don't it's not my favorite out of the list, but I just get a feeling like it's it's came out later. Right, it kind of burst on the scene. It's got powerhouse performances from Stanfield and Kaluuya. It's got a powerful story, right, uh, with a different perspective on the Black Panther Party, and obviously with current events going on right now, and uh, in terms of activism in the United States, it could be. I think this. I, I would put it, this would be an underdog pick. I think, and I would definitely put money down on it. I, I think. I think it would win. Potentially. Yeah, that, uh, that's what I was actually about to say, Doctor. Oh, that's a good point. Think mm-hmm. about the year we had. Think about 
uh, how powerful the Black Lives Matter movement was this right. past summer. Uh, and I think it's a very timely movie um, in terms of educating people on the history of the United States, but also the history of, of black activism. Uh, so I think in terms of the timing of it, it I think it's perfect. And um, like, like I said, right at the beginning of the segment, I think that it should win. So any other final uh, mentions here before we, wrap up our nominations preview here one final mention oh 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 you want to go ahead no just uh just a quick mention malcolm and marie not present Nothing. not present no cinematography i was kind of surprised by yeah i'm i zendaya. am a little surprised by it screenwriting like uh, like yes zendaya like like i, I i'm, I'm Zend- a little yeah, shocked that's a good to point too zendaya she i mean she could have yeah she could have been here but yeah, no zendaya but like, would she I, have been best actress or supporting actress? I for, I don't remember exactly what they were campaigning for, uh, for that. But that's kind of shocking to see if those supporting. She would have got on for supporting actress. Yes. No, for supporting, like, Glenn, yes. like Zendaya or Glenn Glenn Close. Obviously, like like, like I'm saying, like that that lineup. Maybe like, they're just thinking like, oh, like again, Oscars. Like let's just honor Glenn Close and then Zendaya. She's only 24, whatever. She'll get her time. You know, well, that's once again, I'm, the thinking of, think. like, I'm thinking of like viewership for, if you want people to be at the, like like get into the Oscars, it seems like yeah. something only older people are into or people like us. So it's like, 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 you don't, it's kind of the golden globes got like 7 million views. Like that's like it's 60% less of what they did last year. Um, you say the, 7 million. Like it was terrible. Yeah. Is it really that low? It, it had like 17 oh, million God. the previous year. And then um, the Oscars had like 24 million uh, last year, but like in 2014 they had 40 million viewers. Like I obviously no like going to. I mean, is anyone like going to watch it this year? Then like, well, we are, and we will recap it. But uh, what I'm yeah. saying is like that's like if you want, like, wait, to your point, Zendaya would be a draw. What more people would watch it? Right. Like in 2014, you had like Leo nominated, Matthew McConaughey nominated, like uh, like the 2013 like listing of movies was amazing. So there's like, a lot of like like. There's like some classic older names, but there's a bunch of new names on here too. Like yeah. this is gonna be a this could be star making for a lot of people. So I, I'm really uh, pumped for it. Oh, but I, one one last point: best original song, Eurovision made the list. Eurovision. <laughs> How insane is that? No Where one expected odds. that. Like, name one person that expected that. Like, that's insane. Yeah, that is nuts. I don't know. Yeah. So that, that's it for our uh, our little preview of the Oscar nominees that dropped today. We have uh, the Oscars airing April 25th. We will um, recap that show for you uh, in case you don't watch it yourselves, just like only 17 million watched the Golden Globes. So we will Last recap. Year. This year was worse. All right. That does it. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to Ricky Flicks for uh, top billing. Thank you, Dr. O. Okay. Today's top billing is inspired by the release of last Friday's Cherry on Apple TV Plus with English actor Tom Holland in the lead role. So today for the top billing, we have the top billing of English movie stuff. It is a snake draft with five picks and five categories. We have actor, actress, director. So they all have to be English born. No Scotland or Irish, like on the main island. Then you have a movie that has to be centered, like English, English movie, and a movie character that's also English. No repeats allowed. You're allowed to double up on a movie director, movie slash director, or a movie character slash movie at your own parole. So before we get going, do we have any other questions? Ready to roll, ready to rock. 
All right. So first pick yeah. goes to Nez. We did it in advance. The second pick goes to Dr. O. The third pick goes to myself. And then it's going to be a snake. So, Nez, start us off with top billing of English movie stuff. All right, before I get started here, I do want to say, uh, give a quick shout out to J-Man for uh, filling in for me last week in the top billing. Uh, I think he did an excellent job, except for maybe one pick. Um, but a quick shout out to him. I wish I could have joined him on the top billing. Um, he missed that you. Being, I know. I, I, I wish I could have been there. But uh, that being said, um, I'm, I'm thinking between, I'm picking between two different things right here, right? Do I want to go strategy and get, you know, um, you know, one person off my list? Or should I go for, you know, absolute blockbuster, uh, you know, shatter the ceiling? I mean, it's a first overall pick, so I think you got to make some noise here. So I'm going to go with an, a movie that's set or based in England. And let me know if this is allowed here, but I'm, I'm going with Harry Potter. Which one? See, that's the one. Well, are you question. going character? I'm going with – I'm going to go with the movie. Okay, which one? The first one. It's going to be. I. I mean, Deathly Hallows is the best one. Which Which one? Oh, Dad. Oh, Deathly Hallows number the first one. The first. The first. You're saying Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? Oh, right. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Also, you know, Order of the Phoenix is my favorite one, but um, Deathly Hallows is like probably the best one. So I guess I'll go Deathly Hallows part part one part part. Part two. Part two. Part two. Part two. Part two. Part two. Okay. That was big. That, that was, was big. big. You almost said part one, and I might have, I might have been the worst. First part one has part part one has really good shock factor, but part two, the Battle of Hogwarts, like, come on, you know that that finale is so underrated for a franchise. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, sick. it was like the biggest like finale since like 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 Avengers Endgame happened, right? Dark Knight Rises. It was. Like, it was like a Wizard like, Endgame. And then it was like it was like all these movies coming together and like literally the Battle of Hogwarts was like reminders mm-hmm. of movies one through seven and like it was yeah. epic. That was a great movie theater experience. Um, it's it's hard with Harry Potter, um, to pick uh one of the movies. That so I thought like I don't know so flicks is is Harry Potter now available to be taken as a character or is it Harry Potter everything off the board? You can take any Harry Potter character, and you could take a different movie. You just can't take that specific movie. Don't take a different movie. That would be really lame if <laughs> hey, somebody did that. It is lame. No, but you can that if you would want. be extremely it's lame. You get overall. one movie and you're gonna two. Okay, can't talk. Today. Okay, All right, well that's my first overall pick. So this is interesting. Um. I know I think the toughest category here is director personally. Um mm, interesting. Uh, there, there's two directors I want. Uh I'm Damn. not gonna uh, uh, but I the reason I, I thought I thought there was a chance that Ricky Flix was gonna take a director, so I wanted to take the other one, right? Because I think there's two top tier ones. Right? Uh so the first one I'm gonna go, I'm actually gonna take a character. And I'm gonna take James Bond. I think that is. Wow. I think that That's is what you think of is when you think of English characters. Uh, I think it's whether it's even though Sean Connery's not actually English, he's Scottish, correct, Ricky Flex? Correct. Um, but I the think he's synonymous, he's synonymous with England. Daniel Craig. Don't mean to tease picks, but he plays James Bond. Um, I just I I think I think when I think England, I think James Bond, right? I think of the accent. So I think that yeah. was a home run hit. I think that a home run pick, excuse me. And I think he uh, could have been a number one overall. I think I made a mistake picking third. What was it, 27 movies? Like James Bond, 27 movies? 
Yeah. 27. I, like that. that is my number one on my big board for movie characters. I think movie characters for English is English movie characters is short for me personally. I think that's the hardest one hmm. by far for a three man top billing. I think there's a lot of good ones, but not to the same caliber of top three as the other categories. Now I'm in a bind as in what my pick. Nick, uh, Nez, do you have any other thoughts before I go to my back to back picks? If you steal my pick, I will kill you. Okay. Will break. Well, I will not steal your pick, Nez, as of yet, because <sighs> I know what Ricky right. Flex is going to pick, and I think I know what director I'm going to get as a result. If he does. Okay. Well, him. I have back-to-back picks. Okay. Well, all right. First round, I'll play it safe. First round. You know what? He picked James Bond. Screw it. I'll pick Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Oh, is we have double Harry Potter in the first round. Yeah, screw it. But arguably the greatest franchise of all time. I didn't want to pick a Harry Potter movie as I have a different one as my favorite. But and he said the fifth one's his favorite. But I think Harry Potter is just that's English. Like when you think of English, you think of James Bond. But like if you think of like kids, like you grew up watching Harry Potter. He goes from really child to adult. That is the entire thing I'm thinking of right now as when I was a child. Harry Potter is the most English thing to my to me in my eyes. So Harry Potter would be my first pick. I, I think I would have ta- I would have taken Harry Potter as the character rather than the movie. I think I would have done Same. Because there's so many movies and so many people have just differing opinions. I wrote a blog with the best Harry Potter movies uh, ranked in my opinion. Uh, check it out on thedrivingpod.com. But Harry Potter as a character is just always great. So Daniel Radcliffe. Harry, Harry Potter's like not even the best po- character in Harry Potter. I was gonna say Dumbledore. I, I think, uh, you got dude, no TC picks. No TC picks. No TC picks. Oh, dude, oh get out! No, of but my I, th- face. I agree with Nez that the catalog of characters for Harry Potter, like it was almost, bigger than the catalog of movies. It would be. It would, yeah, 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 yeah. No, not it would be. Well, Hermione Granger. If you pick, not in this top, if you pick the correct like character, you can hit a crowd favorite, and you're like, okay, yeah, that's gonna win me a draft, and we'll go over the honorable mention if no one picks them. Neville Longbottom, Dave's twin. See, exactly my point. Stop it. Stop you, I think it. you're ruining your you own say argument. that again, I'll leave the podcast for good. <laughs> this is – I can already tell this is going to be an extremely hostile top billing. This is getting – I already threatened to kill both of you once. <laughs> All right, Harry Potter off the board. Harry Potter's off the tonight. board. All right, I think I'm fine with any of my top three for actors or director. Actresses I'm a little scared of, but I'm going to risk it and go movie here. What? And I'm going to go Skyfall. I think this movie should have been nominated for a, a best picture. I think this is one of the best action movies of all time and one of the best villain uh, the villain performances of all time, Harvey Bardem. I think this movie's phenomenal. Arguably the greatest score of all time with Adele. And this was literally centered around the English uh, CIA basically getting corrupted. Like This is pure English. So... I'm going to take Skyfall. This movie's phenomenal. One of the best rewatchable movies that you see on cable, like on TNT or like one of those ca- like primetime cable, uh, not primetime, but like uh, one of those core cable uh, networks. Skyfall is my pick. Uh, around the our, my number one uh, English movie character. So Skyfall is my pick. Great pick. Ricky, Ricky just doubled up on 
me and Nez's first pick. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, seriously. That's why. I, 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 I tried to that's... get original, bro. Yeah. Dude, I texted you in the in the chat saying, try to get are original. we going to include franchises? Because the franchises, you can pick so many of the movies. There's 27 James Bond movies. There's eight Harry Potter movies. There's so many. And those are obviously the two best characters. <laughs> like, I, I tried to get out of it. I had the third pick. I, I, you think, guys we, I, think, I think we should get credit if Ricky Fleck ends up winning this draft. Like, we, we inspired his first two picks. Oh. <laughs> like, we should get some type of credit. 100%. 100%. Fine. Maybe nothing. No. I'm sorry. All right. So, it's no, my turn, nothing. right? Your turn. My turn. Uh, I mean, I have James Bond on my list. And I'm going to go with maybe arguably the greatest actor of our generation, Christian Bale. I'm going Christian Bale. Like he's right Wales. next to DiCap. He's right next to DiCaprio as, in my opinion, the best Wait, actor. You said he's from Wales. Yes, <gasps> on the main island. Oh, uh, it counts, right? I don't know. I don't know the geography. <laughs> he just, he just a, gave me the gas. Uh, I'm like, wait, that the counts. The middle western of uh, the UK, uh, England. Okay. Yeah, I gotta okay. go with the man that can do no wrong. I do a joke. I have a running Arm bit. Batman. I have a running bit for my blogs where if I do a casting, no matter what character, whether it be a male, female, skinny, fat, like whatever, I always say honorable mention who should play a character, Christian Bale, Christian Bale. because he can do anything. <laughs> he, he, he's a shapeshifter. The man's a chameleon. We've seen him play his roles in The Machinist where he loses 100 pounds. We've seen him play Batman. We've seen him in American Hustle where he gains a zillion pounds and then he goes back to Batman. Then he goes to Dick Cheney and gains a zillion more pounds. Like he's just uh, versatile. He's absolutely versatile and he's right next to dicaprio as the best going so what wow. that's my pick christian bale so i got james bond and christian bale in my draft so far i think that's a solid start obviously i think christian bale is top two on my big board for sure i don't know if he's my number one but there's on, one okay. there's one that like i would never take that is like the one I think that's why, like, that's my, I think that that's where we defer in our opinions of movies. Nez, we'll, your we'll, pick, see you you have, we'll see who you're talking about. Nez, now. you have back-to-back picks here. All right, back-to-back picks. I'm safe. Guys, I don't have to kill anybody because nobody stole my pick. I'm going. Finally, finally, I get to pick my favorite director in the top billing, Edgar <laughs> Wright. Finally, <laughs> finally. First director off the board. Yes, director of Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. Incredible, incredible actor. I mean, whoa, incredible director. Stylistic approach, unmatched, and just he just just makes such such fun movies. They're just my favorite to watch. They're they're the best. I love them. Edgar Wright, baby. Finally got him. Finally. He has a great English filmography. For sure. Yes. Um, definitely a couple of lists on my, a couple of movies on my big board that are Edgar Wright directed. Um, he is one of like the most creative minds, I would say, going. And uh, we know we, mm-hmm. we did a crowd favorite. We did a Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, honestly, Baby Driver is one of my favorite movies the past like five years. I remember Nez showed it to me. Movie, He's yeah. like, he said, uh, he said, Dr. O, you got to see this movie. Like, and I, I went over to his apartment. Uh, with his roommates and we watched it it was a it was a memorable watch dude that's a sick movie um i'm excited mm-hmm. for what he's gonna do with uh last night in soho it just got pushed back yeah. but that just tells me it's gonna be a major theatrical experience so i like the pick yeah can't pick. wait can't wait first one off the board uh, yeah not the I one think... i was expecting at all so now i think well, i'm gonna save for... my other 
Director Bernays, I was expecting it. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little shocked he picked it in the second round because I think he could have gotten it later, but I could no, never have I, taken no. it away from that. Because I you know what? Have. you Because you guys have stolen Edgar Wright from me on several different top billings. I was not letting you it happen. You forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, you the, most anticipated, and I let you have it in the next round, and you forgot. So don't yeah, you dare say yeah. I stole it. I let you no, have you it, and stole I was like, it. Oh. You stole it. You stole it, and you rubbed it in. Oh, all, all right. right. Well, your third round. My third round. I'm going with my actress here. And it's a personal favorite. Loved her since my childhood. Very talented actress. Going with Kira Knightley. Okay. Wow. No. Even though she's a cheater. Or she cheated in uh, Love Actually. But I like that movie too. <laughs> so Love Actually, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, what else am I missing here? She's in a couple She's in a couple great ones. That What, Pride and Prejudice, right? Uh, yeah, I watched that. Yeah, I watched that in um in high school. Yeah, love it. Keira Knightley, one of my faves. One of my faves. Very talented actress. Very talented. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Versatile as well. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, she, I think yeah, that's obviously a good she's beautiful. She's a movie star, but yeah. Well, not that more than all, anything, she's talented. Movie stars are gorgeous. She's stunning. Yeah, and I, I like I said, I think she's a versatile actress. She's on my big board. I love her Pirates of the that. Caribbean, bro. Like she is like her, her and another her. actor. I won't, mm-hmm. I won't give away uh, because it'll be teasing a pick. They're known for that, and maybe another film, but like, like she's she will be known as Pirates unless she comes out with another banger uh, soon, sooner than later. So good pick, and Pirates is obviously one of yeah. the best franchises of all time as they keep making movies. So great pick, Doctor O, your third pick. Okay. There's, I still want to wait on director just because there are still the two that I wanted. And I want to steal the one that I know Ricky Flicks wants to pick. But I'm looking through my list. I'm seeing if I want to take film. Um, I got, I got, shoot, I got to take Christopher Nolan. I, I don't, I got to take Christopher Nolan for director. Um, Tenet, maybe I when we we did review that one, and I also wrote a review. Not his best work, but it's definitely not terrible. Like people are I'll really bash that movie in terms of his entire filmography. It's insane. Uh, I really already brought up Christian Bale. We have the overlap with the Batman, uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, Interstellar, which I think is uh, way better than its critical score on Rotten Tomatoes. I think uh, I'm a big Dunkirk fan. There's nothing that he's done where I dismiss and the prestige was on my draft, the most underrated movies ever made. Uh, Memento is a classic. I just, I, I think Christopher Nolan is one of the great visionaries of our time. And he has his own style of filmmaking where everyone is, is excited about it. No matter if it's like, uh, like it seems like everyone's obsessed with like superhero movies. And he obviously did the, the Batman, the dark Knight uh, trilogy, but, he is one of those directors who you were looking forward to the story that he thinks of. He's one of those most creative minds, literally in the history of filmmaking. Uh, I have to go Christopher Nolan after my Christian Bale pick. I mean, yeah, you can't, can't miss, can't go wrong with that, with that pick doc. I remember the first time that we watched uh, interstellar mind blowing, mind blowing. We were, I had our mind, our minds were literally blown. Um, (laughs) Uh, yeah, he has an incredible catalog of movies, and it's and it's and it's only getting you know uh, more extensive. Um, so no, I'm I, that, that's a great pick. You can't you can't can't go wrong. I, I know Ricky Flicks wanted it, and I I didn't I I didn't I was torn between him and somebody else. I'm sure mm-hmm. Ricky Flicks will take that person now. I don't want to assume what he's going to take, but 
Uh, I'll just throw it over to him and see what uh see what he's got in the tank well, here. Hmm. Well, I know both you took director, so I'm going to wait on that. I think that the most acclaimed director, arguably, is not my favorite, but he's still on the board um, out of the English directors. But I will first go actor, and I think it's, in my opinion, arguably the, uh, well, in my opinion, top two greatest actors of all time, and that's Daniel Day-Lewis. I knew, I knew it's, yeah. Like, I, I think in the third round, this is the steal of the draft so far. I think it's kind of ridiculous. I understand the recency bias out of Christian Bale, um, but obviously Christian Bale in the past 15 years. He's too years, scary as Lincoln. past 15 years has been, like Christian Bale, like besides Leo's, like I agree with Dr. L, has been the best actor going, but just of all time, like when you think of acting, you think of Daniel day Lewis, the method actor himself. He works with the best. He's worked with every single great director of all time. He's worked with the Scorsese. He's worked with the Spielbergs. He's done everything. My left foot, I mentioned earlier with the, uh, the Oscars, loving disabled acting roles. He back there, huh? basically started that, starting that, started that trend. And with my left foot, and like I said, and when I picked Lincoln for best portrayals, literally scared my dad half to death when he saw the movie. Daniel Day-Lewis might be, in my eyes, top two greatest actors of all time, maybe the best. That's my pick in the steal of the draft so far. I, I didn't want to take him. I just didn't want to take him just because I don't, I, I just don't enjoy him as much as like a Christian Bale or other actors on this list. I will not uh, name for the sake of the draft. Uh, but yeah, he's awesome. There will be blood and uh, gangs in New York. I like those two performances for him are like all time. And ones mm-hmm. that I will rewatch whenever it's on TV or I'll just stream randomly. Uh, yeah. It's a good pick. I don't blame you for doing it. I just couldn't pass up Bale. I mean, he's such a tryhard. Give it a rest, bro. He is a tryhard. Because <laughs> he, try he only does the best roles. He he's picks and selects his hard-o. best roles. Give it well, a rest. Dude. All right, if you think he's hard, then Leo is a hardo as well. Yeah, Leo is a bit of a hardo. But yeah, he's, but he's, not, not as what makes like, them the best. But That's Leo's a bit like. But Leo's also like chill. Leo's more humble, because, definitely. Because of social Daniel media, Day-Lewis you is see like, that now. I Daniel Day-Lewis really back hard, in the 80s so. and 90s, you didn't see that as much. Daniel probably, Day-Lewis is like, like I'm going to do a movie every five years, and when I come and do it, everyone's going to It's going to be the freaking best. Like, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be insane. No, he's a narcissist. And definitely. even Leo doesn't have, like, like he chooses his roles, but it's not necessarily the same success rate as a Daniel Day-Lewis. That's what makes him the best. It's yeah, insane yeah, that he's in the third round. But going to my fourth pick here, again, since you both picked directors, I'm going to pick actress. And I'm picking Kate Winslet, my number one on my big board. Back-to-back hardos. Dude, the Kate Winslet has been nominated for seven Oscars. Sounds like Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, it does sound like Daniel Day-Lewis. I, obviously, when you think of Kate Winslet, you probably think Titanic. You probably think that. Great movie, obviously. A little long. Great movie. She does a great job. I love her in Eternal Spot, uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I think that movie is freaking amazing i love jim carrying that but kate winslet steals the show she is freaking phenomenal in that and people forget her and uh people i i didn't want to pick her underrated because she has seven oscars seven oscars and she always works with the best she's worked with leo and titanic nominations also, you mean like nominations seven nominations sorry one only one win which is why i think she's underrated oh, like she's, only she's one out of 2.0 bro yeah basically but that's good company to be in right uh, probably known to be the best actress of all time, but also always with Leo, Revolutionary Road, and Titanic. But 
She's going to be in a couple movies coming up. I know she's going to be in Avatar 2, obviously, which I'm not too hyped for, but she's also going to be in Lee. And, <laughs> but I just think that, and she's also in Steve Jobs. I think she was robbed of an Oscar nomination in that. I think she, besides Michael Fassbender, she was freaking phenomenal in that as well. Absolutely killed it. I think Kate Winslet is the best English actor on the planet right now. That's why I picked her first. It's, that's why she was number one on my big board, and I picked Kate Winslet. Yeah, Titanic. Uh, it's a good movie. Ever heard of it? Um, yeah, I respect the move. I uh, would not pick her because it's reminiscent of the Daniel Day-Lewis pick. <laughs> okay. Well, it's your pick it's a now. Good, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. <laughs> but I'm going to take an actress that is beloved. Um, I'm gonna. I, I mean, I'm gonna go with the Harry Potter train. I'm just going Emma Watson. Why wouldn't I take Emma Watson? She's got to be one of the most likable actresses yeah. ever. She's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perks of being a wallflower, right? Her performance there, one that's probably oh, not yeah. talked about a lot. Um, obviously, Harry Potter. I got to go through that. Beauty and the Beast, like she's perfect as, uh, was it, Belle? She's, she's, she's like. Mm-hmm. She's Don't forget the circle. Like, she's, you're right. She, she is very like. She is very likable. Yeah, yeah. I, she's really like, smart too. She's like very. I think like, of English actresses. I'm just like Harry Potter. And I'm like Hermione Granger. Like that's that's English actresses. That's who I think. Mm-hmm. And then uh, maybe we, uh, I know Ricky Flex and I really adore. This is the end. Her uh, cameo mm-hmm. in there is absolutely astonishingly funny. <laughs> uh, yes, we will ignore the circle, but we can't forget Tom Hanks was also in that movie. Uh, I will put the blame on him rather than Emma Watson, but I have to go Emma Watson. Uh, as my actress pick for English film stuff. <laughs> it makes sense. Makes Solid. Sense. All right, Solid. Nez, your last two picks here. Okay, well, I would just like to start by saying some men aren't looking for anything logical. Like money, I can't do it. I can't do an English. I can't do an English accent to save my life. I just, I'm choosing. I'm choosing. I'm choosing Michael Caine. I'm choosing Michael Caine. Okay. Nice. The bloody okay. Dutch. Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> it's the bloody Dutch. Any English people listening, we are sorry. It's really bad. I'm sorry, guys. I'm I sorry. failed you. I failed you, Mr. Wayne. I failed you. Michael Caine, an absolute legend and an excellent actor. That is my true gentleman. True gentleman. gentleman. A true. I just want to sit down for dinner with him. Similar to a Chris Plummer, where like he had a great early on start to his career, but he will be known like his greatest part, like his prime, will be when he's extremely old. Like I know Doctor O. Like I don't know if you agree with me, but I I, I'm always going to picture Michael Caine as like the one of the best older actors ever. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I agree a hundred percent. I, I, I know his catalog though, like the Italian job when he was younger. Right. Same um, with Christopher Plummer, sound of music. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, I think Michael Caine maybe even had a more like a uh, uh, lucrative career. I think it's just, we're, we're not as aware of it just because we are younger people, but mm-hmm. we, he does have such iconic roles as an old guy, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're just like, I, mean, it's, it, it, like, I wouldn't so much. Yeah, he's in. He's one of the best supporting actors, like mm-hmm. going today. Like maybe sure. of all time, he's one of the best. And, and he, I mean, he's your boy Christopher Nolan all the time. I was Nolan, about to say him and Christopher Nolan go movie. hand in hand, hand in yeah. hand. No, great pick. But thank it's your you. Last pick now. Make all right, count. man. This is this is. So I have to pick a character here, and I, I'm really torn. Should I go for 
uh, family fun or should I go for my personal favorite? I think I got to go with my personal favorite. <laughs> my personal favorite. It's a groovy baby. Yeah, I knew you were doing Powers, Powers baby. It's Austin Dutch. Powers. I, I mean, come on, come on. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a spoof of your guys' first round picks in James Bond. Mm-hmm. It's a spoof of it, and it's so he's so good. He's so good. Michael Myers as Austin Powers is unbelievable, amazing. I mean, it, it just there's there's it, it, the performance that it's just it's just it's beautiful. The character, amazing, amazing. Because it's making fun of, you know, James Bond. It's like, oh, he's like this British spy that, you know, gets all these women. Like, so then, like, they really spoofed it with Austin Powers. And it was, it was, it was beautifully done. It was beautifully done. Austin Powers, that's my English character, baby. Yeah. Like, I, like that was my number two. I was like, James Bond, if I'm not taking James Bond, I'm taking Austin Powers and then Harry Potter. That's <laughs> how so much I love mm-hmm. it. And he's not even English. <laughs> like, Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's, uh, that's why I, he was my number five, just because of that. He's not even English, but it's just that good. He has to be in your top five. Dude, I can't wait to go over the honorable mentions for this. I have some funny ones. But, I like, Austin Powers, like, how could you not include him on here? Like, it's, He had to be on here somewhere. Said, groovy. And I knew Nez was going to pick him. I just thought it would be earlier. <laughs> but... Dr. Rowe, your last pick. Can I pick 1917? Why not? Takes, takes place in France. But it's the English. English, yeah. World War One. That's what I'm thinking. I'm not going to take it. I just teased it. I'm going Kingsman, the Secret Service. <laughs> I'm going with that mm. one. One of my favorite uh, action movies that is not superhero related. Um, Taron Egerton bursting on the scene. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, maybe not his best role, but in terms Agreed. of calling for some of the best action sequences in a movie I can recall, uh, this is my like my fan favorite. I think mine. I I got too much like chalkish type of picks, like James Bond, Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan. So People will love this pick. Let's, let's put some flavor on here with Kingsman rather than but more like a critical claim to uh, a full, like a, like one that's like accepted by all as one of the greatest pieces of cinema. Give me Kingsman. Give me Eggsy, right? We want Eggsy. Well, Harry, Harry's on my big board for movie characters. I know I'm the last pick. Over Eggsy? Yes, by far. Harry's a much better character. But not in the second one. Dude, he has the most iconic scene in the, se- in the back-to-back movies. Uh, uh, yeah, I know, but I'm saying like him in the second one, he's not that good of a character. But the second movie is not as nearly as good as the first movie. I know. So. That's why I'm saying I wouldn't have picked him. Saying I, I said. Oh, I, well, I thought you were saying you're, you would pick Eggsy over Harry if you had to pick one of the characters. Yeah, I would. See, I'm saying the opposite. That's why. I was and then Michael Caine also in that one. We can't forget. <laughs> can't uh, yeah, so I gotta go one of the almost underrated, but it's not really underrated anymore. Uh, action movies of recent memory: Kingsman, The Secret Service. Mm. No, that's. That's a great pick on my big board as well. But let's finish it out with Mr. and Mrs. Mr. Irrelevant. You better take it. I have director here. I had a clear top three or top four if you include Nez's. And I think that I had a clear top four. The top two I thought were just clear and above better. And Dr. O took one of them. I'll take the other. It's Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott is one of the best directors of all time. Just he, uh, talk about versatility. This guy is an action superstar, but also can just do drama like it, like it's nobody's business. And if you just go over his filmography real quick, just for audience members that don't know, he can do Robin Hood, which was pretty good, right? But that's probably like his worst movie. He's done 
Gladiator. Exodus. One best picture. Exodus. Thelma and Louise, which is known to be like a, one of the best movies in the 80s. The Martian. The Martian. Alien, which kind of catapulted him to like stardom in 79. He did, let's see, American Black Gangster. Hawk Down. American Gangster. Um, Blade Runner. The Counselor of Michael Fassbender, which I freaking love. I know people won't like it. He did uh, The Martian, which you mentioned. All the Money in the World, which Christopher Palmer also we just mentioned. Blade and Runner. Blade Runner, I think I mentioned that in 19. Oh, uh, but the reason why I want to pick them as well is just to get people going for the rest of this year for most anticipated movies as well. He has three coming out, guys. Three. three. House of Gucci. House of Gucci, which you just saw Adam Driver and Lady Gaga oh, yeah. look insane, <laughs> look insane with. And you saw or best uh, picture know, I've ever seen in my life. The last duel with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Adam Driver again, and also Kit Bag. So He's going to be in the picture for the rest of this year. And also next year, he has another couple movies coming out. And also, he's going to be reuniting with Joaquin Phoenix for a Napoleon movie. So, again, this guy has been there since 1979 and still more active than any other director today and more accomplished than any other director today or up there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I believe Martin Scorsese is still alive. Slow your roll, buddy. You know what I mean. One of the most. Slow your roll. Slow your roll. I would not. He was not in my top three actually, because obviously I had to pick Edgar Wright. Yeah, you and only obviously have one. Nolan, but I have another one that. I mean, I can't believe nobody picked it. I'll save it for on-girl mentions. Okay, okay I got a few. All things. right, so I'll read off the list. I know I have a couple as well. So, Nez, you have Deathly Hollows Part Two, Edgar Wright, Kira Knightley, Michael Caine, and Austin Powers as your movie. Doctor O, you have James Bond as your movie character. Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan, Emma Watson. Kingsman Secret Service. Ricky Flicks has Harry Potter, the movie character. Skyfall, Daniel Day-Lewis, Kate Winslet, and Ridley Scott. Nez, honorable mentions. Any of the categories. How did nobody pick Alfred Hitchcock? Are you kidding me? He's arguably the most influential. (laughs) Oh, shut up. It's like one of the most influential directors ever. Holy crap. If I didn't pick Edgar Wright... I was going to skip Nolan. I was going to go to Alfred Hitchcock. I thought well, you were you are a big Sam horror Mendes. guy. You're a massive yeah. horror guy. I am a big horror guy. He revolutionized mm-hmm. the genre. True. Yeah, true. Huge in the 60s. A pioneer. I guess let's just keep going with Best Director, Honorable Mentions. Any of, any others? Either of you? I don't have any other yeah. uh, one, uh, director ones besides Dr. Alfred Hitchcock. Sam Mendes. Sam yeah. Mendes. He was in my underrated pick. Guy Ritchie is like the English guy. Mm-hmm. Like Guy Ritchie, you know, he's like fast paced, English speaking, like just going jibba jabba, jibba jabba. Um, yep. Danny Boyle is a good one. My uh, number five. Steve McQueen, isn't he? Yes. English? He's English and he was my number six. And then uh, I had Paul Greengrass for the Bourne trilogy. Yeah, Paul Greengrass. Uh, Matthew Vaughn. Just did News of the World with Tom Hanks. Paul Greengrass did. Right. Yeah. And then I had Matthew Vaughn. That's my Matthew list. Vaughn was also on my list. I think mm-hmm. you, just, you, you both just kind of just said my whole list. English actors, M- males, male a- actors. Males, Dude, I males. wanted I wanted oh. to take Pattinson. Dude, Pattinson, unbelievable. That would have been wow. That would have caused some. That would have been something. I thought there was a chance Nez was going to pick Daniel Kaluuya. I thought there was a chance. Oh too. yeah, I wanted to pick him. I wanted to pick him. This was, was he's, on, he's on my big board. It was between him. Yeah, there's um, Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Yep. Idris <laughs> Elba, Tom Hardy. I, Yep. I almost I almost picked uh Mr. Bean. <laughs> the Mr. Bean is on my characters. characters. Character oh, oh. movie characters. Yeah. I mean I so Ro, you're Bean. saying Rowan Atkinson. I had yeah. for characters I had Johnny English. 
<laughs> Johnny English. <laughs> uh, uh, for English actors, I want to say Denzel Washington, which has been mentioned by me on this podcast, is one of the best actors of all time, arguably the best, has said that Gary Oldman is the best actor of all time. So That's what Christopher Nolan said. Or Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan said, but Denzel Washington worked with him on the Book of Eli and also said something very similar. So I wanted to say him and Benedict Cumberbatch as well. Daniel oh, Craig, yeah. I don't can't go wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ian McKellen. Cumberbatch has the name for sure. Mm-hmm. Eddie Redmayne as well. Great. Colin Firth. Yeah, we can go on forever. There's yeah. so many great English actors. Um, yeah. Just to keep going real quick. Actresses, anybody? Florence Pugh. Yep. Felicity Jones. Daisy Ridley. Ooh. Star Wars. Mm. Uh, Daisy Judy Ridley, first-time actors. Mm-hmm. Helena Emily, Bonham Carter. Yep. Emily Blunt. Carrie oh, Mulligan. I, I had uh, uh, Lena Hetty. Oh, that would have been really good. Uh, I wanted to do that, and I wanted to do it for the sake of like the Game of Thrones top billing picks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was uh, really funny. Yeah, and Millie right. Bobby Brown. Just to keep the things moving, Millie mm. uh, Bobby Brown. Uh, movies, movies. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. And Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. Mary Poppins. I had Mary Mary Poppins. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Paddington. I almost picked Paddington as a character. I but I, Paddington. Yeah, Paddington as a character, I could see. I Everyone had, loves uh, that movie though. Don, Dunkirk, trains, trains, uh, transporting, transporting. Pa- Paddington's like ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I know everyone crazy. loves that movie. Um, and it's then, absurd. Like everybody. Yeah, and then the other one, Robin, Robin Hood, was another one that's set in uh, in England. Mm-hmm. Intimidation I, um, Game was on mine. Well, imita- Imitation Game. The Sherlock Holmes, uh, the first one for me personally. Pink uh, Panther, Shot in the Dark. <laughs> King's Speech, Ooh. Darkest Hour. And uh, Austin Powers, uh, like we mentioned, for me, go, go, uh, go, Casino Royale. You mentioned that one. Well, I picked Skyfall, but yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't gonna pick Casino Royale because you picked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might Skyfall. that hurt. That might hurt my big board because a lot of people don't like. People, everyone loves Skyfall, but some people like Casino Royale better. So, but wrapping up movie characters, real quick. Anybody else? Johnny English. Johnny English. Nez. Anybody? Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, Winston Harry Churchill for me. I, I got everybody already. Winston Churchill for me, and also Harry, like I mentioned before. But uh, uh, director, we forgot. I was going to say as a joke, Mr. Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> I was going to put Mr. Bill Shakespeare mm. director, or potentially actor. But uh, but I, all right, well, put away the quill. Yeah, Shakespeare in Love would have been a good one too. Now I'm thinking about it, best mm-hmm. picture. But all right, that wraps up the top billing of English movie stuff. Nez, I'm just out. All right, well, that will conclude this episode of the Drive-In Podcast. We'd like to thank you for listening as always, and please remind you to follow us on all social media platforms. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that'll, that'll wrap us up. Thanks so much for listening, and we will smell you.